Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, worship is desperation. Linton, stay right there. Stay right there. That brother that with the big muscles on the piano, his name is Linton. Let's appreciate him. Because he's going he's gonna to be doing a lot of standing up today. He's going to stay up there the whole time. Maybe somebody can get him a stew. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, turn my heart towards your heart. Cause me to be desperate for you. Now pray it from the depth of your heart. Father, cause me to be desperate for you. One more time. Father, cause me to be desperate for you. I want to be hungry for you more than anything else in this world. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. This service is going to be a little bit different today. I'm just going to take a little time to share a few things about worship. And then we're going to worship together at the end. Amen. Hallelujah. I am praying that God would do in this service things that no man can do for you. I'm praying that God would do in this service a work that no lawyer on earth can fix for you. I'm praying that God would do in this service things that no doctor on earth can fix for you. I am praying that God would do in this place a work that no psychologist can do in 10 years. God heal minds in this place. God, shift things in this place. I'm praying that marriages would be healed in the name of Jesus, that God would do a work in this place that no marriage counselor on earth can do in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, be in a receiving position. And I'm praying in Jesus' name that God would fix your kids in a way that no psychologist can fix them in the name of Jesus, that God would put a hunger in you more than anything else in this world. That God would put a desire in you more than anything else in this world. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We're in a worship, we're in a message series called Worship Is. Somebody say Worship Is. In week one, which was last week, we talked about worship is lifestyle. Somebody say lifestyle. Worship is lifestyle. We had such a beautiful presence of God in this place last Sunday. Wasn't that a precious time in His presence? But today we're talking about worship is desperation. Say that with me. Worship is desperation. One more time. Worship is desperation. And next week we're going to talk about worship is transformative. Worship is transformative. You cannot be in the presence of God and not be changed. You cannot be in a room filled with people that are smoking without coming out that place smelling like smoke. Hallelujah. And so worship is transformative. And we're going to talk about that, how worship, the presence of God will transform you. Amen. And I'm praying that as we worship God, that addictions and habits and things that jumped on, jumped on you, that God would remove those things in his presence. In Jesus' name. Somebody say Amen. And then last Sunday, we're going to talk about worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. Amen. There's nothing that will get demons out of a place quicker than the presence of God. Demons will leave your place. They will leave your house. 
There's been times when my kids have been having all kinds of nightmares and all kinds of stuff. And I, I, I went in a room and started playing piano. I was praying and recorded something. And now every night they have nightmares. I play that music and all the nightmares go away. Because the presence of God releases a parameter where the angelic hosts come into. And nothing that's not like God can come into that zone. Amen. So worship is warfare. We're going to teach you how to fight through the power of worship. Somebody shout amen. But today worship is desperation. Uh, I, was a, I was a young preacher. I've always been a young preacher. I started preaching at a very, very early age. And when I came to America, I went to this church, great church, you know, great church in Lowell. And uh, I was the only single person who was, who, I was the only guy who was single, not married, and was allowed to preach on, this, on the platform. And so once in a while, my pastor would ask me to preach, and, and I would preach. And I was just, you know, I was a young preacher. I was a young preacher. And, you know, when you're young, I came when I was 19. So I was in my 20s, you know, and believing God for a wife. Somebody say amen if you're single. Amen. <laughs> believing God for a wife. But here's the thing. I knew that I didn't want to date too many people because I didn't want to stand on the stage and be preaching. And all the girls are like, man, that guy's a fool. I just, I just didn't want to do that. I didn't have, I didn't have the, the opportunity to mess up. I needed to get it right. You get what I'm talking about here? I needed to get it right. I didn't want to be a heartbreaker and then stand on stage and say, Jesus is going to heal you. Like, yeah, you're right. You're a heartbreaker. So, so I was treading very softly. But, you know, once in a while, you know, the mothers in the church, the mothers would come. Hey, Zenzo, you know, they would hint. You know, this young lady, she's nice. And they're like, okay, thank you, mother. Thank you, mother. They'll bring all kinds of they'll bring all kinds of girls to me, you know. Sometimes they'll bring this girl say, This girl is lovely. She she loves Jesus. And the mother knew that this girl's out there in the clubs and they're they're hoping Zenzo can marry her and then keep her away from the clubs, you know. Yo, marry this girl, she's nice. Well, man, look at that girl, man. She's she's been she's been out there doing her thing. Trying to trying to make me the savior here. But you know, once in a while they'll bring different ones and yeah, it was it was good. It was thank you, mothers. Thank you for helping out. But but nothing hit home. You, you know what I'm talking about. Until one day I was standing playing piano, just like Linton over there, and there was this lady that walked into the church. And all of a sudden I felt the presence. Not the presence of God, but I felt the presence. <laughs> it was the presence. And all of a sudden it was like the movies, right? I, 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 time stopped like hell yeah, time just stopped and she was walking and there was, it was like the movies the music jam, 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 and she was just walking her hair was just like fluff 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 you know she had vanilla skin on her you know milky milky I mean she was beautiful I felt the pr I felt something I'd never felt before right there on the piano man what is that what is that she was with her mother that's my wife, by the way. That's my wife. That's my wife. Come on, you can put your hands together for my wife. That's my wife. When I saw my wife, when I saw Michelle, I still believe this today. Listen, she was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen in my life. So after church, I said, I'm going to go and investigate. Because how many people know sometimes things look good from afar? You got to, you know, from a distance, you have to investigate and confirm things in close proximity, right? So I went after the end of the service, and oh my God, oh my God, was she beautiful. She was beautiful. She was even more beautiful closer. 
And I said, oh, my God. I was staring her in the eyes. And, and, and I said an anointing I had never felt before was coming up on me, you know. I knew. It took everything in me that day to say, to not say, I'm going to marry you. And I asked for her phone number in front of her mother. Because, young people, let me tell you this. Don't trust a man that wants to be secretive about everything. Let me, that, that, that right there will save you. It will save your life. I was not going to play those little games in the back. I was, I was going to ask her in front of her mother. And she had the nerve to say no to me in front of her mother. She said no. I was like, oh, man, this is, this is okay, okay, all right. And now I got desperate. Listen, when the other mothers brought these girls to me, I was like, hey, that's cool. It was, it was fine. But until I met my wife and I looked at her, I said, God, I want this girl. God, I want. I started getting desperate. I started praying desperate prayers. I said, God, if you give me this girl, I'll change the world, God. I, I'll, I'll go to India as a missionary, God. I'll even go to Haiti, okay. I'll go to Port-au-Prince, okay. I said, God, I'm desperate. I'm I need this girl. I need this. I'll go to Tokyo. I'll go to I'll go to preach to Jackie Chan out there. I'll go anywhere. God, I need, I'm desperate for this girl. I need her. You guys get what I mean. Like I had never felt vulnerable before. I felt and I started spending nights thinking about her all the time. I said, God, if I don't get this girl, man, I'm gonna be very broken. If you don't give me this girl, I'm gonna be very sad. And then the girl didn't want to talk to me. I kept pursuing. By the way, guys, listen, I don't care if you think you're ugly as a spoon. You better, come, you better, you better pursue that girl because those women, are, they're attracted by confidence. Come on, somebody. You got to know whose you are and what you're working with. Amen. Jesus is on the inside of you. I, I kept going to that girl, man. I, I was praying. And I saw other dudes, you know, checking her out. I was praying. I said, God, turn all those guys. Make them look like cows in front of her. I said, let, let her just see me only. Like, seriously, I prayed. I'm African. I prayed some dangerous African prayers. When those guys come around, let, let them all look like cows. Like, meow. Like, let them look, at, like, look, look like cats. And I said, God, let us, when I show up, let us see me like a king. Let me look like Denzel, you know. I, I guarantee you, baby, I'm going to take care of you. I became desperate. Somebody shout desperate. Seriously, I became desperate. I became desperate. I became desperate. I needed this girl. I needed this girl. I said all this to say to you that the thing you're desperate for has your heart. The thing you are desperate for has captured your heart. The thing you are desperate for has your heart. It has your adoration. It has your worship. It has your heart. It has your heart. You can find a girl who's looking for a wife and a husband who are looking for houses. And they go from house to house looking and they beat up houses. And I don't like this house. I don't like that. Until she finds the house that she just likes. And then she becomes desperate. Honey, you got to get me this house. I, I need this house. I've got to have this house. I, I'm desperate. I need... That particular thing that she's desperate for has her heart. She has value in that thing. She's placed value. Somebody shout value. Worship is worth-ship. Worth. Where you place your worth. Where you place your value. The thing you place your value in is ultimately the thing that you worship. The thing you become desperate for 
is the thing that you place value in. You can find somebody who's, who's a drug addict. And they've got to get a fix. Those people will steal stuff from their own mothers just to go get some drugs. You know why? Because they're desperate for those drugs. They have value. They have placed value. Somebody shall value. They have placed value in those drugs. I'm going somewhere here today. Worship is desperation. Somebody say worship is desperation. One more time. Worship is desperation. Worship is desperation. A true worshiper is defined by their hunger and desperation for God. A true worshiper is defined by their hunger and desperation for God. Worship is when you begin to say to God, God, I am lost without you. I can't do it without you. I can't make it without you. I want you. I need you. I want to give you an example of a true worshiper. His name was David. His name was David. In the book of Acts chapter 13, 22, God calls David a man after his own heart. How many people know when God calls you a man after his own heart, you are a true worshiper? Now, why did God call David a man after his own heart? Psalm chapter 42. Let's read this scripture together. Psalm chapter 42. This was the disposition of David. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. As the deer pants for the waters, so does my soul pant. One more time. As Keep that scripture there. And by the way, in that worship guide you receive, there are notes inside of that that you can read through with us. But also this Tuesday, we post this message on the website and we give you the notes as well. All my exclusive notes that I'm preaching with, you get to download them on Tuesday. Amen. Because we want you to be students of the Bible and to experience impact. Amen. This was David's disposition. As the deer pants for the waters, so does my soul pant after thee. In Israel, where I've been, Israel is a desert. And they have a lot of deers there. Those are some of the animals that they have. But Israel is a desert. And so many times, David would find a deer out there in the desert, gasping for water. Because how many people know there's no water in the desert? Amen. And, and so when, it, when a deer doesn't have water, it begins to pant. It begins to gasp. <gasps> And that deer needs a drop of water. And if that water doesn't come, it's literally a matter of life and death. And David says, God, as that deer gasps for the water, so does my soul long for you. In other words, if I don't get you, I'm going to die. I'm desperate. That's, that's how much I need you. I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. I cannot do a single thing without you. I want you. And some of you may think David was desperate because he was poor, because he, he just lacked stuff. And I want you to know that David was a king. Somebody shout a king. You've got to remember that David was a king. So let, let, let me translate this to you. It means David lived in the White House. It means David had CIA, CIA and FBI following him wherever he went. It means David had all these servants in there waiting on him. David had everything you can ever imagine. 
He had the best cooks in the world. He had everything that you can ever imagine in the world. David did not lack anything, yet his disposition, his, the posture of his heart was as the deer pants, gasps for the waters. So does my soul long for you. That is worship. Worship is when you reach a place where you say, God, I don't trust in my degrees. Thank God for them. And you should have many of them. God, thank God for what I have working for me. Thank you for my talents. But worship is recognizing that you need God. Worship is recognizing that you cannot do it without God. Somebody shout amen. And so you've got to desire him. You've got to be desperate for him. You've got to pursue him. You've got to pursue him. I'm going somewhere here today. Somebody say amen. Desperation does not indicate luck, but a posture and disposition of total dependence on God. God, I depend on you. God, I want you. I can't do it without you. I want to tell you about another person here called Moses. Somebody shout Moses. I'm giving you examples of worshipers. And here's the one thing you will see. Every true worshiper in the Bible, you will, you will, you will see them by their desperation for God. They were hungry for God. They pursued God. They pursued God. Somebody shout pursue. They pursued God. They chased hard after God. They looked for God. They pursued God. In the book of Exodus chapter 33, the Bible says, Ex the Bible says Moses went into the tent. This was where the, he met with God. He went to worship. He went to pray every single day. And then here's a statement that Moses makes that is very powerful. And I pray that it becomes your statement. Moses was leading the children of Israel. And then Moses begins to say, God, I don't want to go without you. In the book of Exodus, let me give you the scripture. In the book of Exodus, chapter 33, from 15 to 18, you can read that later. But Moses begins to say, God, please don't let me depart. Don't let me go without you. If your presence does not come with me, if your glory does not come with us, I don't even want to go. I am so desperate for you. I so need you that if you don't come with me, I don't even want to go. Now, I want you to know that Moses was well qualified. You've got to remember that Moses was the grandson of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in the river and brought him to the palace. So Moses grew up in the palace. He went to some of the most elite schools in Egypt. He was trained by the best. You've got to remember that Moses was in the palace when Pharaoh was having his meetings with his accountants, working on their annual budget. He was right there. You've got to remember that Moses was there when, he was, when, the, when Pharaoh was talking to the consultants, talking about education in the land, talking about defense, talking about everything that was happening in Egypt. Moses was right there. I want you to know, I want to submit to you that Moses was the most qualified person for the job. But his disposition was, God, I don't want to go if you don't come with me. That's how much I'm desperate for you, and that's how much I value you. Somebody say amen to that. Number three, desperation precedes revival because God is attracted by desperation. Desperation precedes revival. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
David says in the book of Psalms 51, 17, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. God, you will not despise a broken spirit. Somebody say broken spirit. David says, my sacrifice is a broken spirit. It's a desperate spirit. I'm hungry for you. I'm yearning for you. As a deer pants for the waters, I am yearning for you. And I seek after you. I want you. I'm desperate for you. There's never been a, a revival that was not preceded by desperation. There was a revival in the book of Acts chapter 2. Somebody shout revival. One more time, shout revival. I told you that a revival starts by a visitation. In Acts chapter 2, 120 people were waiting upon God, hungry for God, desperate for God. They were seeking God. Here's the thing I want to say. Desperate people seek for the thing that they're desperate for. When I was desperate for my wife, I was seeking that girl. I'm telling you, I was doing some of the craziest things, Linton. I went to that girl's house. I mean, I was, I was, I was practically, I was just, man, I was following that. I was stalking that girl. I became a stalker pretty much. I knew where she lived without her giving me her address, okay? I, I, I just, I did stuff. I knew her favorite colors. I, man, I was stalking. I was, I, was, I was taking pictures. I was studying her. I was studying the things she loved because I needed to buy her gifts and I was not going to miss it. I was, I was seeking after this girl. I was looking for her. I was desperate for her. Let me say this to, 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 to the single young people here. Do not be ashamed to pursue a girl that you like. Chase after that girl. Tell her you love her. Write a song. I don't care if your voice is as ugly as a frog. Open that mouth and sing a song to her. But just tell her this is that Barry White. This is just that, that Barry White voice. You know that. Pursue that girl. Somebody shout, pursue. You've got to pursue. When people are desperate, they pursue. They go after that thing. That's why the Bible says in the book of, uh, book of Psalms, chapter 24, it says, This is the generation, O God, that seeks your face. This is the generation of Jacob that seeks your, your face. Somebody shout, seek. Come on, one more time. Shout, seek. You've got to be desperate. You've got to go for what you want. Here they were in the book of Acts, crying out to God. Day and night they were seeking God. Day and night they were crying out to God. I want you to know that you will know a true worshiper by the way they seek God. We have gotten too comfortable. We are failing to be worshipers because we've gotten comfortable. We've got to chase after God. They were seeking God in the book of Acts. And a visitation came. And then a revival followed. Because I told you, a true revival is marked by salvation of souls. A visitation came. They felt the presence of God. And then Peter began to preach. And 3,000 people became saved that day that's revival and then the bible says many people were being added to them daily that was a true revival revival is preceded by desperation another revival happened in the 1900s called azusa street revival there was a man there blind a man who was blind in one eye, a black man called William Seymour, and they were praying night after night, night after night, seeking God's face, seeking God's face, crying out to God. A revival broke out, and this revival went into all the earth. There was another revival that happened uh, at the Toronto Airport Revival, and they were seeking God the same way. They were crying out to God, praying, seeking God's face, and God showed up. There was another revival 
called the Brownsville Revival, the Pensacola Revival. They were crying out to God, desperate for God. God changes. There was another revival that happened in Africa, in Uganda. There was a, a crooked, a wicked, a corrupt dictator called Idi Amin. He was killing people. He was amputating the arms of the men. This guy was so ruthless. He was amputating the breasts of nursing mothers. And the Ugandans became so desperate. They needed God immediately. Not tomorrow, not the next day. They needed God immediately. Somebody shout immediately. And they became desperate. And out of their desperation, they started crying out to God because desperate people seek for the thing that they're desperate for. They began to cry out. AIDS was, was at over 33% in Uganda. When they began to cry out, AIDS dropped from 33% to 7%. Things started happening. Pubs started closing down. Something was happening. People were getting saved because of their desperation. Their desperation released something. Worship is desperation. And desperate people seek for what they're desperate for. Somebody say amen. Here's where I want to go here today. After saying all that. The spirit of contentment is the enemy of worship. The spirit of contentment is the enemy of worship. The spirit of contentment is the enemy of contentment, is the enemy of worship. I want you to know that today, 25,000, somebody shout 25,000. One more time, 25,000. 25,000 people are saved every day in Africa. You missed a good place to shout hallelujah. 20,000 people are saved every single day in Latin America. And here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. In a land where there was literally no revival, it was void of the presence of God in Asia, where people worship all these kind of gods. And today, 80,000 people are being saved every single day. Somebody shout, Wow. And George Banner says that in America, only 7% of us in this room will get just one soul saved in an entire year. The enemy to the American church is a spirit of contentment. The enemy to the spirit of worship is a spirit of contentment. God wants us to be hungry for him again. God wants us to be desperate for him again. We're content in our lights. We're content in our carpets. Nothing wrong with that. I love excellence. But how many people know there's more in God? You've got to be hungry for the next level. You've got to be hungry for more of God. You've got to be hungry for salvation. You've got to get desperate for God to change your family. For God to change your city. You've got to begin to pray and say, God, change my city. Change my nation. God, we want you. We're desperate for you. When my wife and I were engaged in getting ready to get married, something happened to my wife. Something happened to my wife. You've got to know this, that my wife got saved at 17 years old. She went to a meeting in Washington, D.C. called The Call. Somebody say The Call. It was a meeting led by a man called Lou Engel. There was 400,000, 400,000, almost half a million people at the mall in D.C. crying out to God. Most of them were college students. And my wife uh, was it was summertime actually and she was born she was a she was a high school student 
and her mother who is just an amazing prayer warrior she she's a she's an amazing prayer warrior a student of the bible told her hey i'm going to this meeting in dc you want to come and because she was a bored little high school girl she just wanted to go for the adventure say yes i'll come and she found herself in this place where those 400,000 college students crying out to god for revival in america crying out to god to change america crying out to god to save america and right there she gave her life to jesus she got saved and she was on fire for god when i met my wife many times i'll say hey you want to go out for a date and she'll say uh I'm sorry, honey, I have a date with Jesus. And I used to be like, man, come on, Jesus. Can I just hang out with this girl? She'd be in our bedroom just seeking God's face, desperate for God, hungry for God. That's one of the things I was really attracted to my wife about. She was just hungry for God, desperate for God. But she said something happened to her when we got engaged. My wife said to me, she said, you know, when we got engaged, I fell in love with you so much that I started giving you all my time and that's good but in the process my focus became you and not Jesus anymore and she said my focus became just the wedding as a girl I just wanted this picture perfect wedding I had dreamt about this day my whole life and so once I started planning the wedding once I started hanging out with you it was all about you and and Jesus took the back seat and then she said to me when we got married All I ever wanted was to have a family, was to have a loving husband and kids. And we had our son, Zenzo, and then we had Sarah. And we literally, literally were a family with with a a father and mother, a boy and a girl. We literally had a real white picket fence, literally. It was like this picture-perfect home. And my wife was just like, ah, this is just all I ever wanted. You know, she just, I, I could tell this girl was so in love with me. Sometimes I, I used to be like, can you be in love with me? Can you take the notch down a little? Because you're, you're like waking up in the night and just staring at me. You're scaring me. You know, this is kind of creepy. Man, that girl was just so in love. I just love you. I'm like, okay, okay, don't hit me with a bat, okay? But she was just in love. Listen to this. All of a sudden, all those devotions, all the praying, all the pursuing God was lost. She stopped pursuing God completely. Her morning devotions were gone. She went a good period of time not touching the Bible. And, and in the meantime, there I was pursuing God. I was taking three days fasting. No food, no water. Every month, crying out to God, going from place to place, crying out to God for revival in America, seeking God's face. And I'll never forget one day when my wife came to me, literally in tears. She said to me, honey, I'm jealous for what you have. I miss Jesus. I have made you my idol. I used to love God. I used to seek him. I used, and I've gotten content. I found my contentment and my satisfaction in this family, in what we have. And it's all good because family is everything. But how many people know that family cannot take the place of God because God comes first. He is the creator. He's got to take first place. Somebody shout first place. One more time. First place. Family became first place for her. How many people know that my wife and myself, we, we, we cannot be good for our own family. We become dangerous for our own family without the help of God. So God is first. 
She said, I became comfortable. I just became comfortable, honey. And I, I remember her crying in tears, saying, saying honey, I want to pursue God like you. I want to chase after God like you again. I, I want to be able to fast and pray. I want to love God like you again. I want to pursue God again. She said, I miss God. I miss him. I used to walk with him. I miss him. I miss him. Here's what I want to say to you. If you stop pursuing God because you're content, you will cease from being a true worshiper. If you stop pursuing God, you will fall short from being a true worshiper. God wants you to be desperate for him. God wants you to be hungry for him. You know why? Because what you're desperate for ultimately has your heart. It has your heart. What you're desperate for has your heart. You can't just go day after day and not seek his face and, and not be hungry for him, not, not do your devotions, not read your Bible and think you're still going to be at the same level as being a worshiper. You will fall out of love with God. That's why David says, restore my love for you. Return the joy of salvation. Restore my love for you. And here's what happened. My wife was sharing a home with a man that was seeking God praying and fasting and praying she was sharing a bed with a man that was seeking God fasting and praying she was sharing utensils and and food but she was right there falling out of love with God and I want you to know that if you quit being desperate for God you can come into this church you can rub shoulders with people that are loving God and that are true worshipers and you can do all that but fall out of God and fall short from being a true worshiper Yes, you can put your hands together right there. Right there. Let's let that marinate. You guys can come up. You guys can come up. You can be in a place where these guys are worshiping and leading you on Sunday. And you know what has happened in church? We have turned these worship leaders into cheerleaders. Because if you're desperate and hungry for God, you don't need anybody to tell you to worship. You don't need anybody to yell at you and say, dance for God. When you're desperate for God, you begin to do things you can't even understand. You begin to live. You begin to shout. You begin to dance. You begin to do things you've never done before because you're hungry for Him and, and you're desperate for God. And here's what we're doing today. We're going to release our hunger for pursuing God in this place. We're going to release our hunger for chasing hard after God. I hear the voice of God. I hear God. I hear Jesus saying to some of you, I have missed you. I have missed you. When are you coming back in my presence? When are you coming back to spend time with me? When are you coming back to just look at my face? Most of us in this place, we are spending a lot of time looking at God's hands and we've forgotten to look at his face. We're looking at what he can do. We're asking him what he can do. And he just wants to look at you and he wants to love on you. We're going to pursue God again in the name of Jesus. I declare that God's raising a generation of a people that are hungry for him. A generation of a people that desire him more than anything else in this world. A people that pursue hard after God in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Stand on your feet if you can. Stand on your feet if you can. Come on, pray this prayer again. Say, Father, I'm desperate for you. Give me a hunger for you. Oh, shout it. Give me a hunger for you. If you stop pursuing God, 
if you stop seeking him, you can come into a church like this. And we do a lot of worship. We do a lot of worship. You can hang out with friends that are so in love with Jesus. That are pursuing hard after God. While you're falling out of love with Jesus. Because God wants you to be desperate for him. It's impossible to be a true worshiper without desperation. Because once you stop being desperate, you stop seeking. That's why John chapter 4, 23 says, God is seeking a true worshiper who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He is seeking because it's rare to find true worshipers. But I'm praying that in this house and in this church, God's raising a generation of true worshipers right here in this place if you can just begin to speak to God in your own way just begin to say God I'm desperate for you God I want you begin to speak to God begin to tell him the things that you're going to begin to change the times that you're going to make an appointment with God you're going to take time to just spend time with him so father we seek your face we love you we want you we want to pursue you again we want to chase, chase hard after you again we want you Jesus we long for you, Jesus. We long for you, Jesus. While every eye is closed, while every eye is closed, if you're in this building today and you're saying, Pastor, I've heard what you're preaching. I I'm not desperate for God like you said. I'm desperate for other things and, and, and I want to. I want God to be my number one. If you're in this room and you've never met Jesus, your Savior, if you're in this room and you know that you save, you, you serve other things. Other things have become idols and gods to you. If you're in this room and you're saying, God, I want to follow you. I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Very quickly, I'm going to count one to three. And if you're in this place, you want to be saved today. You want to be born again. You want to start this journey. Start a new relationship with Jesus. Before we worship, I want you to just slip your hand up. And we're going to pray for you today. I'm getting ready to count. One, two, three. If you need Jesus today, one, two, three. Just put your hand up. Hands, 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 hands. Thank you for all those hands. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I'm going to count one more time because I want you to lift those hands up well and clear. Don't be ashamed. One, two, three. Shoot those hands up. Hands, hands, hands. Thank you for all those hands. Thank you for all those hands. Now, everybody in this room together, I want you to say, Lord Jesus. One more time. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. I declare and I confess that you're the Son of God. I confess that you died and rose again. And today, I am saved because I receive you as the Lord and the Savior of my life. Jesus, come on and shout it. Say, Jesus. I am yours forever. One more time. Jesus, I am yours forever. Hallelujah. Keep playing. Keep playing. We're going to shift this atmosphere here. Keep playing. Keep playing. Listen, I'm not going to hype you up today. I love the hype. Don't you love the hype? It's good to come in the house of God and there's so much hype. and it's, it's, We're excited and, and it's just amazing, right? But my... My goal today is not to hype you up. My goal today 
just to put a hunger in you. You know what I'm talking about. There are people in this place. God told me to tell you he misses you. It's time to go back into his presence. It's time to search him again. It's time to seek him again. It's time to pursue him again. Come on, you know the you know it. You know it. You pursue what you want. You go hard for it. You you chase it. You look for it. You try to do things to find it. It's time to pursue Jesus again. It's time to pursue Jesus again. It's time to look for God again. It's time to be desperate for him. America needs a church that is desperate for Jesus more than anything else in this world. Amen. So lift up your hands and just begin to praise him. Just begin to worship him. Take a moment. Take a moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your time. Take a moment. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We worship you, oh God. Oh. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
us a hunger for you more than anything else in this world. Give us a craving for you. We There it is, there it is. Father, here's a generation that's hungry for you. Here's a generation that will pursue you. Here's a generation.
So God, I ask you, raise up a generation that's hungry for you more than anything else in this world. Raise up a generation that's going to desire holiness. Raise up a generation that's going to hate sin. They're going to hate sin. Raise up a generation that will pursue hard after you. Raise up a generation that would desire you more than movies, desire you more than video games, desire you more than makeup, desire you more than shopping, desire you more than everything else in this world. So in this place, we declare that you are a holy God. You are a holy God. Father, raise up a generation that's hungry for you. Raise up a generation. desperation this is a posture of a generation this is a posture this is a posture God turn our hearts towards your heart turn the hearts of our wives towards your heart turn the hearts of our little babies God I pray let it start with me God May nothing else ever take the place for you. Not even this church, oh God. No ministry. No attribute, Father. Nothing. No perks. Nothing will be greater than you, Jesus. God, we are desperate for you. God, give a desperation in my wife, Michelle. Let it start with me, God. Give your desperation in my little Zenzo. Give your desperation in Joshua. A hunger for you in Anaya, a hunger for you in Joshua. Come on, as I'm praying for my family, you pray for yours. Let our babies hunger for you. Let our babies prioritize you. Let our families prioritize you. 
in a dark generation like this one. Let us pursue you more than anything else. May we speak like Moses and say, God, I don't want to go without your presence. I don't want to do it without your presence. I don't need this thing. I don't need that thing without your presence. I don't want to go without you. Like David, God, we want to to be able to say, as the deer gasps, as the deer pants for the waters, so does my soul long after you. Give us a hunger for you, a desperation. For those that have not been following you, those that have become lukewarm, God, we pray. Awaken us again. Awaken us again. Remove our comfort, God. Awaken us again. Awaken us again. Awaken us again, oh God. We worship you. We bless you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.